It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Washington football team, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are locked on the Washington football team with the Locked On Washington football team podcast. I am David Harrison, writer for SI.com's fan nation. He is Chris Russell, one half of the Russell Metters show on the Team 980, Monday through Friday from 3 to 7 p.m. Eastern. Find them and this show both on the Odyssey app. We thank you for making the Locked On Washington football team podcast your first listen every day. We are free and we are available on all platforms. And we are on Twitter at Russellmania621, at DHarrison82, and at Locked WFT Pod in week seven of the NFL season. The Washington football team loses to the Green Bay Packers 24 to 10. Again, thank you guys for making us your first listen every day. Chris Russell, what is your first take, your first thought following this latest Washington football team loss? Well, David, uh, good to be with you as always. I mean, you know, look, the, the overall arching point is Washington, again, did some things right and way too many things wrong. And certainly way too many to win on the road at Green Bay against a five and one team who by far wasn't perfect and obviously gave Washington chance after chance after chance. And the proverbial in so many cases, Ben, but don't break Joe Barry led defense, mm-hmm. uh, which was missing. Oh, by the way, four starters in Jair Alexander, Kenny King, Preston Smith, the former Washington uh, football team linebacker and um, Zedaria Smith, who obviously they've been missing all year. Uh, when you're, you know, when you're missing those kind of guys, you are not going to be lights out. You are not going to be perfect. And Taylor Heineken, the Washington football team had plenty of chances in this game and the defense had chances as well. But th- this one is not really on the defense, in my opinion, David, um, unless I'm missing something. I mean, sure, they gave up some things. There's no doubt about it. That's going to happen. You give up 24 points to Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers. You got to win that game. It's all that. It, it's it's that simple. Yeah, and listen, every single other team that the Packers have played in this circumstance are walking away saying the exact same thing. This is how the Green Bay Packers have been winning games in 2021. Uh, my first takeaway on this, Chris, and I have a feeling that you and I are going to disagree on this point, so I'll get the point out as quickly as I possibly can. Uh, the Washington football team had, let me, let me pull it up just to make sure that I'm correct here. The Washington football team had five straight possessions and or no four straight possessions sorry and inside the green bay 30 yard line really right around the green bay 25 or so and came away with three points and there are points of execution here where the washington football team offense should have come away with more points and i and i want to preface what i'm about to say that you you can't take away the execution and player mistakes that led to part of this as well but as a coach, as a coaching staff, and this is on, on Ron Rivera as the head coach because you're the man making the decision on the sideline there when to go for it. You can't let your team get that close that many times and not come away with points in a game where you're struggling. And there are no 14-point plays. We've seen that you know said time and time and time again. And I know Ron said during the press conference at one point that he really liked what Chris Blewett did in his first game as a Washington football team kicker. But at a certain point, they just needed more points to get back in the game. Chris, you are down two scores with 
over a quarter and a half left in this game. You're not out of it. So to bypass points, potential points, right? We don't know Chris Blewett could have gone on the field and well, blew it, right? So we don't know that there are points, but what we do know is this. If your offense gets inside the red zone, gets inside goal to go situation, you come away with zero points. You have given away any and all momentum you built up. If you take away three points, you don't gain as much as a touchdown, but you gained a little bit of momentum. You trimmed the lead a little bit. Field goals can't win you games, but they can keep you in games. The Washington football team was out of this game late in, or as we got into the fourth quarter because Ron Rivera refused to take points when they were available and was trying to get too many points back too quickly with a backup quarterback struggling on the field. So there's so many things to unpack here. Um, I understand where you're totally going. I didn't have a problem after the first blocked field goal or the blocked field goal, 42 yards, blew its first field goal attempt. The next fourth down, I think it was fourth and three from the 27. It was the exact same distance. Yep. It was a 42 yard field goal blocked. It would have been a 42 yard field goal. Try again. (laughs) Well, yeah. uh, Well, actually I think it would have been a 43 yarder. Whatever. I mean, it was about the same. So I didn't have a problem with that call. I got to be honest with you. Um, are you just so I'm clear, are you talking about in the third quarter when they after Heineke and I know we're going to get into this comes up short at the goal line when he thought he had the touchdown that they should have kicked a field goal then instead of going for it on fourth down? Or are you talking about Absolutely. the next series where he throws where he throws off the fingertips of Ricky Seals Jones on what was a bang bang call? Which one? Honestly, on both. Or both. On both. Okay. You should have gone for All a field right, goal so, on both. All right, so let's let let's let's take this um, and the one by, in the second quarter. All right, let's take this piece by piece. Yeah. I did again. I did not have a problem with the first fourth down attempt in terms of fourth and three from the twenty four going for it after the first kick was blocked. I did not have a problem. I'm not saying right. I, I you're not alone. You're absolutely not argument. alone. Yeah. What I yeah, what I did have an issue with is. Whether it was his primary read or not, I'm not sure, David. Throwing a sideline out, a, mm-hmm. a, you know, or a deep comeback out on the far sideline to, to Terry McLaurin with Taylor Heineke's lack of anticipation and lack of arm strength in a breezy Lambeau field, yeah. that gave the corner way too much time to break in on that. So that I'll say that I had, a, I had no problem with the decision. I did have a problem with the execution and or the play call or the decision. I'm not sure who that's on. Mm-hmm. I'll take you to the third quarter. Okay. When Heineke thinks he goes in for the touchdown. And again, we'll get to this and more in a little bit. Yeah. And then they reverse it and it's fourth and one, right? Yep. Um, the, the score at that point is 21-7 Green Bay, correct? Yes. After the Tanyan touchdown. So, right. so you give up the Tanyan touchdown after the turnover. Yep. Uh, you're down 14, and now it's uh, midway through the third quarter. Yep. I didn't have a problem again with it because even though Heineke screws up, they tried to catch them off guard and they sprinted out and they lined up and the official got in the way when he spotted the ball and it slowed them down. And then they, of course, don't make it. And again, you're, I understand your point where you're like, Chris, 
get me points. And I, 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 I hear you on that. And, and normally I'm more conservative, but I don't believe in Blewett. I didn't believe in Hopkins. I don't believe in this team's ability to keep games close and to keep scrapping as the game goes along. I just don't believe in it. So right. I was okay with them taking the chance. And then real quickly, if you just go and fast forward uh, again, the next time that they go for it um, on, 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 uh, you know, fourth and uh, what was it? Fourth and three, David, I believe fourth it was and mm-hmm. uh, fourth and goal from the three. Fourth and goal from I the think three, it's right? still 21, seven or something yeah. like that. Yep. Uh, I might, I might be slightly off here. No, you're right. Still 21. Maybe I can argue. So maybe I can argue again, settle for a field goal, get points. Don't come away empty. I hear you. I understand. Normally I'm telling you, I would be conservative by that. And listen, if Blewett can't make a 20 yard field goal, I don't know what to tell you, right. but this team, whenever anything can go wrong, it will go wrong. Number one. And number two, at that point, you are chasing the game. You are chasing, um, you know, an mm-hmm. offense that, you know, quite honestly, you've done a pretty good job keeping a blanket on overall, but you just know you're running out of time and you know you're running out of space. So I, I sort of understand that one as well, because I can't kill Ron for that one if I didn't kill him for the first two. I, I don't didn't know like if I'm either. Right, I didn't like that's any just of them. the way I kind of see it. Yeah, okay. I didn't like any of them. And I'll explain right, so, more so, why on the so other side. So this is a pretty strong disagreement on, on yeah, that. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I'll get more into our, when we get into our offensive analysis, I'll get into uh, in more of why, because I knew that we were going to see this a little bit differently. I, I mean, listen, I, I like to argue. So let's go. <laughs> Here, So here's what we'll do. We'll get into that more. And obviously some of the controversial decisions and some of the uh, problems that uh, result in a 24 to 10 loss for uh, the Washington football team at Lambeau Field to drop to two and five right here on the Locked On a Washington football team podcast. Guys, does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another one that lets you stream your favorite shows. You're watching sports highlights on your phone and you've got your neighbor's best friend's login for the good stuff. I don't know what the good stuff is, but hey, uh, whatever it is, enjoy. Well, I want you to tell uh, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all the entertainment you love without the hassle. And a great way to do that is to finally get your TV together and it's called direct TV stream. That's right. It brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before. So you can watch your favorite sports movies and shows all in one place. And if you can watch it all at the same time, God love you. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. Who needs more devices? The best part, there's no annual contract. So guys, get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together. With DirecTV Stream, you can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required content varies by package. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, once again, thanks for making the Locked On Washington football team podcast 
your first listen each and every day. We are free and available on all platforms. Along with David Harrison, I'm Chris Russell. You can follow, you can follow, if I can only speak in English, you can follow David Harrison on Twitter at dharrison82, me at Russellmania621, the podcast. Uh, David does a great job covering uh, the uh, games uh, and, and all the action in between at locked WFT pod at locked WFT pod on Twitter. All right, let's get into the offensive analysis of a disappointing 24-10 loss at Lambeau Field again to drop the Washington football team to two and five. They head to Denver uh, next. Listen, all things considered, uh, and, and I'll just tee you up here with the Washington football team only scoring 10 points. That does not tell the story of the game and really the picture. They had 430 net yards of offense, 430 and 70 offensive plays and ran for almost 200 yards. The passing was moderate, modest, 235. Washington did not punt. I think that's the first time in Tressway's Washington career that they did not punt. They had 32 minutes and 54 seconds worth of possession time. David, when you do that... (laughs) And you score 10 points. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know if I can say on this podcast w- what that tells me and, and, and how that tells me and, and how awful, awful execution when you uh, need it the most that is. So, so yeah, and, and that's what I want to make clear here. Like execution was terrible at several different points of this game, right? But coaching has to put the team in a position to be able to execute well, and, and that's where I have a problem here in going forward on fourth down is either aggressive or desperate. Like there's really no middle. And this, again, everybody's football theology is going to be different, right? But this is my football theology. If you're going for a fourth down, you're either being aggressive or you're being desperate. And when Green Bay went for it on fourth down, they're saying, we're going to kick your butts. You're not the caliber of team that's going to upset us in our own house. We are going to kick your tail. When Washington is going for it on fourth down, they're saying in the second quarter, we don't, we can't kick field goals and win this game. We have to hit you with haymakers to win. And when you do that in a fight, you put your opponent on a pedestal. You put them in a position of, of dominance and it tells your team exactly what you think as a coach, which is we don't measure up to these guys. That's the message you send to your team by going for it on that fourth down. Now, Blew it had a field goal missed, got that, or uh, blocked, got that. So did Mason Crosby in his own stadium. Okay, so it happens. Kick that field goal again. I don't know that it's going to be a made kick. We don't, we can't, I can't guarantee that, right? I, don't, I have no idea. But if it is, you're, you're tied at seven at this point. So if you kick that field goal and you make it, you're up now 10 7. If you kick the field goal and miss it, your offense, you're still, you're still 7 7, right? But you've gained some momentum. You've done some good things. You can go to the sideline, take from those good things, start to build some momentum off of that stuff, start to build a, a, a developing game plan from the good that you did. But you give the ball over turnover on downs. Every single member of your offense is deflated. They don't want to go to the sideline and hear, yeah, but guys, good job getting inside the 30. Like, they don't want to hear that mess. You know what I mean? You have to support your players, and they get you in the scoring position. You have to take the points. You have to get the points early on in a game. When you, I see this every single week from other teams, from different teams, from the football team, from I've seen it all throughout the NFL, all throughout my time covering the sport. When teams go for it early on fourth downs and games that they know they're outmatched in, 
and they don't get it. It kills all their momentum. Absolutely kills their momentum. More than a missed field goal will kill their momentum. And then you have it happen two more times. And, and, and honestly, one more, one of those times, the Green Bay Packers gave the ball right back. So really those two turnovers on down inside the five, really you kind of only count those as one because one bled into the other, you know what I mean? But even that, if you take points on those, on those possessions, Chris, it's 21 to 16 at one point in this game, and you're mm-hmm. still in the third or fourth quarter. That's what this game could have been if the coaching staff believes what their team is telling them they are, and that's kind of my overall point in this. This Washington football team has one red zone touchdown in the last three games. There is zero reason to believe that this team is going to score from the red zone. Why you're going for it on fourth down, trying to force your team to be something they're not, is beyond me. But you know something? You kick the field goal in the red zone. You're not telling your team, we don't think you can score a touchdown. You're telling your team, good job getting in there. Let's build on this. You're talking about taking steps. Instead of going from A to G, you're going from A to B. But this coaching staff in this game, doesn't excuse everything else, but in this game, they had opportunities to say, all right, guys, look, let's go to B. Instead, they said, no, we're down 14. We need to get all seven of it right now, right here. All, all the rest of it be damned. And that offense came back to the sideline trip after trip after trip with the score to the same. And then on the other side of the ball, your defense is going back on the field after having won their possession, their side of the complimentary business for nothing. And it's a coaching staff that is refusing to let this team play complimentary football. A defensive stop and points on the other side is complimentary football. You want more points. I got that. But before we start trying, like, that's what is mind boggling. We're going for touchdowns when we can't even get the field goal right. We can't even get the red zone score game down, but we're trying to go for fourth down touchdowns. It makes no sense. David, I, I, I feel you. I understand what you're saying. And normally I would be very much in your favor. Um, I, I guess I just look at it uh, again, not to repeat myself. I, I don't, you know, Ron knows there's a shelf life for how much this defense is going to give him. Right. Um, they have shown no ability to get off the field on third downs against good offenses. Yeah. And I think he was fearing that, like, if you play a get something better than nothing type of mentality, stay around in the game, hope, hunt, peck, that, you know, yeah, you could do that. You could justify that. Maybe it's 21-13, maybe it's 21-16, maybe it's 21-19, right, at some point, right, to, to kind of counter yeah. or, or to add to what you said. And, again, I let me repeat, I totally understand where you're coming from. I've seen too many times this year where this defense has had no ability to get off the field when they needed a stop in a big, big, big spot and where they just give up third down after third. And we saw it against the Kansas City Chiefs last week. We saw it um, at times uh, against the, well, the, the Los Angeles Chargers. Uh, we, we saw it against the New Orleans Saints. Um Mm-hmm. We we just seen it too often, so I think that plays in the mind of Ron Rivera as he's making these decisions. That being yep. said, the point that you make about this team not executing in the red zone, well, I, I would argue this: while they didn't execute in the red zone today, they haven't gotten in the red zone in in, in what two weeks or whatever it was. That's very true. So it. One red zone snap yeah. against Kansas so, City Chiefs. And New Orleans, I don't uh, – maybe they had one red zone opportunity. I can't even remember. I'd have to double check. Yeah. But, I mean, it's not like they've had a ton of red zone opportunities. But to your point, why would you have confidence in them converting? 
And that's a great question because you're right. I don't have confidence in Taylor Heineke. I don't have confidence in this team executing and executing perfectly. I'm sorry. I don't. However, what I don't also have confidence is I didn't have confidence in Dustin Hopkins. I didn't have confidence in Chris Blewett. I don't have confidence in in the defense getting off the field on third down if you take points and again try and stay in the game that way so it's an either or type situation and i think we could argue this from now until kingdom come i understand and respect your side i just think ron is a little bit more of a gambler and ron is is feeling a pressure and a sense of urgency and he's trying to take his shot when the analytics and when people out there, whoever these people are, say, you know what, you should go for it more on fourth down. You know, they don't call them riverboat run for nothing. And you, yeah. you live by the sword, you die by the sword. And I will tell you, I'm usually I'm usually on the more aggressive side of things. And I, I absolutely am, especially from first to third down. I'm on the aggressive side of things. But again, from a leadership standpoint, uh, we, we talk about this, right? Your team is struggling. Your offense, like this is the best this offense mm-hmm. has looked in a really yep. long time and one of the lowest scoring outputs yep. they've had in a really long time. The two don't mesh up. And as a leader, you got to let your guys celebrate those small victories in order to build the bigger opportunities. And this, and this coaching staff uh, just, just didn't do it. They co- I, I like your point, but I, but I kind of, it kind of feeds into my point. You're coaching the offense because of what the defense does. You're not coaching the offense based on what the offense Understood. is doing. And that's the problem because when you make a defensive decision because or for your offense, you're now making your offense accountable for that defense. It's it, you're right. There's no right or wrong. Like at, at the bottom line, like our list, some of our listeners are agreeing with me. Some are agreeing with you. Everybody's right. It's football theology. There is no one answer. That's just how I see the game. And something else that I see is every time I stop to get gas, I don't want to pay as much as I'm paying already for it. Period. I think everybody can probably agree that nobody wants to pay the gas prices we're paying, but you know, what makes that a little bit better getting up to 25 cents, every gallon of gas that I get back in cash back, Hey, watch the football team fans. I get that. You can get that too. If you download the incredible app that everyone who buys gas needs to know about is called get upside. My listeners, our listeners are making up 25 cents back for every gallon of gas. Every time they fill up just for downloading the free get upside app in the app store or Google play right now, when you do use a promo code touchdown and you'll get a bonus 25 cents per gallon on your first fill up. That's up to 50 cents cash back on that first tank. Don't pay full price at the pump anymore. Get cash back using get upside. There's a gas station right down the road from my house. I get 14 cents back per gallon every time I fill up because that's the deal that they give me every single time since I downloaded this app. Again, just download it for free. Use a promo code touchdown, get up to 50 cents per gallon cash back on your first tank. Some people who drive a lot are making as much as two to $300 a month in cash back and there's no cash catch guys. I have no membership fees, no taxes, no withdrawal penalties that I've seen so far. You can cash out any time to your bank account, PayPal, PayPal, e-gift card, or Amazon and other brown brands. Just download the free GetUpside app. Use promo code TOUCHDOWN and get your 50 cents per gallon cash back on your first tank. Again, that's promo code TOUCHDOWN on the GetUpside app. And when you get your discount from the GetUpside app, you can reinvest the money you've saved with Built Bar. Oh, I had a Built Bar for breakfast on Sunday morning before the atrocity in Green Bay. It was the best part of the day. I needed to fuel up for a day of frustrating football. And you 
two, my friends. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. You can try it for breakfast. You can try it for a late night dessert. You can try it for a, me- a snack in between after a good workout. If you haven't tried a Built Bar by now, man, are you missing out. They say it's a protein bar, but it doesn't taste like one. It tastes like your favorite chocolate candy bar. You have to try one of these amazing uh, bars to believe it yourself. They're not chalky, they're not waxy or hard to choke down. A built Bar is soft covered in 100% real chocolate. When you bite, you'll be in bliss. Built Bars are low carb, low calorie, low fat, low sugar, and high in protein. So all the healthy benefits on top of being purely delish. So many flavors, guys. Peanut butter brownie is the one I had on Sunday morning. I've had two over the weekend. Mm-hmm. My fave, another great thing about Built Bar, again, there's other flavors. No matter what you like, David's Mint Brownie, Coconut Almond, a regular coconut, raspberry, salted caramel, whatever you want. And this month, Built is coming out with new limited time flavors every three to four days. So check out the website often. You don't want to miss out. Go to Built.com right now and use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order. Use the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. Wrapped up this game reaction episode with immediate analysis of the Washington football team's 24 to 10 loss to the Green Bay Packers, falling now to two and four. David Harrison, Chris Russell here with the Lockdown Washington Football Team podcast on Twitter at dharrison82 at russellmania621 and at lockedwftpod. Chris, we got to get into our players and plays of the game. And again, this is a lot less fun to do when you're talking about a loss, right? Obviously. Um, for those out there, listen, for those out there who said, I can't believe David's trying to put this whole thing on the coaches, I'm not. Um, but we have one episode on Monday. We're going to have another one tomorrow. Believe me, this conversation is going to shift tones. Uh, but, I mean, Chris, honestly, we could fill entire weeks of episodes with everything that happened uh, in this game. We don't have as much time to do that as much as we would. So come back tomorrow. You will hear the other side of the player execution side of this, I promise you, because obviously that's where Chris is going, and I want to hear his full thoughts on that. And I also agree that the players did not execute uh, nearly as well as they should have. That being said, Chris, let's get into plays and players of the game. My play of the game is going to be the Heineke dive on third down. I think everybody can agree. That was a huge turning point in this game. You know, listen, the NFL rule, I sent a tweet from the show podcast account uh, about this. The NFL rule leaves a lot up to interpretation. They kind of have to, Uh, you know, was he giving himself up? Was he diving for the goal line? I think to me and to probably everybody wearing burgundy and gold on Sunday, he was diving for the goal line. He wasn't giving himself up. He was trying to avoid the tackler on the other side of the goal line, obviously, but he was also diving to make the play for the goal line was not touched. Even though his knee came down before the ball crossed the plane should have been a touchdown, but the rule is up to interpretation. That's part of the problem with NFL officiating, but at the same time, you kind of have to leave that ambiguity in there. You kind of have to leave that ability to be autonomous for a per circumstance situation. It's just, you're not always going to win those situations. And like Ron said in his press conference, you can't rely on getting those calls. Yeah, I I mean, listen, there's so much confusion here. I I understand what you're saying. I understand what kind of the spirit of the law is saying and the rule. And Taylor Heineke, I know, is very frustrated after the game and doesn't want to get fined and all that good stuff. Uh, But, you know, his knee was clearly down. The ball had not crossed the plane. Uh, And even though nobody had touched him, um, you know, I mean, it is what it is. Um, 
Yeah, they're just going to have to live with it. And my play of the game is what happened after that, right? The play after that. Heineke yeah. on fourth down. Again, they come right out after the review. They sprint out. They try and get the play run and snapped and uh, a quarterback sneak. The referee gets in the way and placing the ball. So they got to hold on. They got to slow down. That gives the Packers a chance to readjust. And then Heineke quarterback sneak. And he gets initially stoned, but fumbles the football and then recovers it and then re and, and then recovers his own fumble while on a pile. And it appeared, although we didn't see it, it appeared that he stretched the ball out over the goal line. I, I thought if he didn't fumble it, David, he would have gotten the touchdown on a second effort on a second surge, yep. but because he fumbled the ball and they said, I think Ron said the officials told them they weren't sure if he was down or not. They just, you know, so right. they just stuck with the call on the field because they didn't see anything obvious to overturn it. So they 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 hurt themselves on third down, weird rule or or good rule, and then on fourth down they don't catch a break, uh, e even if they did or didn't deserve one. So it was just you know just as usual a combination of a bad 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 luck in football. And for my player of the game, uh, listen, he dropped a touchdown. Uh, before another failed fourth and goal opportunity. But Terry McLaurin also caught the Washington football's uh, team's only touchdown of the day. 12 targets, seven catches, 122 yards. Again, should have had two touchdowns. We understand that's a big one, uh, but you can't take that away from Terry. He was as good as he really needed to be ultimately on Sunday. Again, remembering and realizing that, yes, he, he should have caught that one touchdown sliding to the ground in the front pin corner of the end zone. Yeah, absolutely. And my player of the game is going to be defensive lineman Jonathan Allen. Uh, obviously, two sacks early in the game really kind of helps keep the Washington football team in a position to take a, a point of leverage against the Green Bay Packers. Even if they didn't do it, the defense still stood up and allowed it to be possible. And then holding the Green Bay Packers offense to 57 yards rushing on 15 carries and then starting running back, specifically Aaron Jones only carried the ball 16 yards or six, six times, but he only gained 19 yards. And that includes a long of nine. So five more carries uh, netted him 10 yards, two yards per carry against a guy like Aaron Jones. You'll take that every single week if you can. So the defensive front four really in general kind of really stood up in this game. Yeah. There were moments, obviously, uh, you know, the chase young allowing the touchdown Devonte Adams is, is the thing, but uh, you know, it, it is kind of what it is, but Jonathan Allen certainly specifically stood up. And then uh, something, Chris, that we're going to talk about tomorrow is Landon Collins leading this team with seven, seven tackles linebacker Landon mm. Collins leading this team with seven tackles. And I want to hear from, from, from fans. I want to hear from watch football team fans. I want, I'm, I'm hoping we get some voicemails specifically about Landon Collins, whether you have thoughts immediately following the game or you want to rewatch it or need to rewatch it and, and give us your thoughts. It's something that I definitely want to dive into tomorrow is how Landon did in his first game as a linebacker, uh, but just off the stat box leading the yeah. team. So, uh, he, and I know he did some good things. He didn't well. stand out in a bad way, which is the best thing that I can right. say. Yeah. I'll have to study the tape before I say he stood out in a good way. I know Jamin Davis stood out in kind of a struggling sort of way. We'll get more into that, obviously, yeah. on the next episode. And that is going to do it for today and our immediate analysis of a 24-10 uh, loss. Thanks for making the Locked on Washington football team podcast your first listen of the day. Make sure you come back tomorrow again as we dig a little deeper for this week seven WFT loss. Now, 
make your second listen of the day, the Peacock and Williamson NFL show. Brian Peacock, former NFL scout Matt Williamson, give you the expert NFL analysis in less than 30 minutes. It's free and available on all platforms. We didn't get to any pod, any lo- uh, voicemails today, but if you want to start getting them in, we will work them in. 301-615-3577. That's 301-615-3577 or LockWFTPod at gmail.com. For David Harrison, who's writing about the Washington football team for SI.com's Fan Nation. I'm Chris Russell, one half of the Russell and Medhurst show on the Washington football team's flagship station, the Team 980 with Pete Medhurst. We'll be back with another edition in a short amount of time, right here on the Washington Football Team Podcast. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.